passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos. First, today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. It is just a couple days away. It is here. It is the Super Bowl, and BetOnline has got you covered for scores, totals, player performance props. Wherever you want to get your action, BetOnline has it because it's the number one spot for all things NFL this season and in 2022 for the rest of the year. So what are you waiting for? It's a new year. So go check out the new updated desktop and mobile website and sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit only when you use promo code BELIEVE. Be EAV to get started. Not just the NFL, but they got basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, all your favorite Vegas casino games. That's why BetOnline remains the number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod. I'm super excited to have this guest on. We've been connecting for a little while. He is deep in the Chicago Bears scene right there, right now, and he's here to join us today. It's Chicago Audible Zone, Nicholas Moriano. Nick Nicholas, thanks for joining the pod, man. How are you today? Thank you for having me, Joey. I know, like you said, we've been working, trying to get this going, and, you know, we're doing it today, so I'm really excited to be on. And what better way than Super Bowl week, where we will today figure out how the Chicago Bears will get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, Maybe we'll take it one step at a time. Uh, Let's just go back. I mean, Nicholas, uh, as we're talking on the pre-pod just briefly, uh, you were there the day at the press conference when the Bears introduced general manager Ryan Poles, introduced head coach Matt Eberflus, and then brought Justin Fields out of the wings to also speak there too as as well. So, you know, we've been reading all the reports. Can you just talk about being in that room? What is your reaction to the new hiring right now, and what did you take away from that press conference? Yeah, I'll kind of start off here. I didn't even know that room, Joey, existed, to be completely honest. So where the Bears media is set up, it's literally right next to it. But There's no handle never... on it? You have to knock and it like opens like Oz? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Essentially, that's what it is. Just a magical door. But yeah, never knew it was there. So going in there, I'm like, wow, this is really nice. Can we do all the press conferences in here instead of the small room? They have us there in Hallis Hall. So going in there for the first time, being around all the other media was a pretty cool experience. But my overall impressions were... Like, these guys, from just what Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus were talking about, I think you can already sense that there's going to be an identity with this team. They talked about wanting to rebuild that offensive line and make that a focus for this team, but also just to kind of add in, complement the run game into it. But it's going to start that offensive line, and Ryan Poles being a former offensive lineman, I think that's where that's a good start, right? Because there are a a bunch of things that the the Bears need to do to really kind of build up this roster, but – knowing that that's going to be an emphasis this offseason, however they do it through free agency or the draft, that's a good start to it. But I think just general impressions, I think for me, it seemed like Ryan Poles came off more as a genuine, uh, more genuine than maybe a Matt Eberflus. Did you saw the emotions when he was kind of talking about the guys in Kansas City with Andy Reid, Brett Veach, and 
how much they've helped him become the person he is today. And he got choked up a little bit. So you kind of notice that from the very beginning. And then when Matt Eberflus talks, it's it's very business-like, right? He has a set way of what, how he wants to do things. It's how it's going to get done. And you can just see like the, the set plan that they kind of have in place. And, you know, just listening, reading about Matt Eberflus and kind of seeing how he is, you could tell that the, that's going to translate over to how he's going to run this football team. You can't, no loafs, right? There's going to be like that mentality. If you're slacking off, hey, you might not get reps in a game. Like things like that um, are, is how Matt Eberflus kind of runs, orchestrates the business, right? So those are kind of like the general impressions from, from um, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, and the media actually got an opportunity to kind of talk with them in a smaller setting around four to five reporters uh, in a separate room and kind of just asking, you know, Matt Eberflus uh, a couple of questions that, again, that business mentality, regardless of where, if he's in front of all the, the media or in the smaller setting, that's how he operates. And I, I feel like that's how he's definitely going to operate when he gets to actually see the players, talk to them and talk football. I, I feel like we're sort of on the same page with this and just to kind of go back and go through the timeline. It feels a bit like a world a whirlwind, right? Especially for a Bears fans' perspective, which is I kind of want you to sort of weigh in because you know what you see on Twitter and how people have been reacting to these two hires. Because I, you know, it's fair to say that it's mixed, right? And it's fair to say that that's okay, right? There is a healthy skepticism with this regime previous that when these new guys come in, it's kind of hard for Bears fans to wrap their heads around a little bit. What have you kind of seen from the Bears' reaction, and can you kind of dispel maybe? what you've seen from Bears fans reacting on Twitter or maybe on other socials to what you think might the more reality might be with the Bears new regime. Yeah. So, I mean, when Ryan Pulse was hired, I think there's a lot more optimism about where the Bears were going, right? Everyone's like, oh, they got Ryan Poles been with the Chiefs for now uh, 13 seasons and, you know, through different, three different GMs was there and kind of building his way up. So I felt like Bears Twitter, Bears fans are really happy about the Ryan Poles hire. And then, what, two days later, Matt Eberflus gets hired. It's like, we got a defensive guy? What are we doing? Exactly. Like, so there was a lot of mixed feelings. I remember when we did our, you know, live uh, reaction podcast to the, the hiring, there was just a bunch of fluctuating comments and just reactions about Eberflus, who is this guy? Why are we hiring a defensive guy when the most important person on the team right now is Justin Fields? How is he going to elevate him? So, I think that was the initial reaction. Now, maybe what that that hire was on January 27th for the Matt Eberflus. I feel like it's kind of simmered down a little bit, but still, I think there's a lot of questions about, you know, with Matt Eberflus being a defensive guy, who was going to be the staff that he obviously brought in on the offense. And the, you know, one of the first major hires, Luke Getze from the Packers, you, you kind of see this, this coaching staff be, becoming assembled and, you know, just adding a defensive line coach today and Travis Smith. So in since Matt Eberflus was hired to today, they've hired 12 assistants slash coordinators. So they went to work and I know that was a big thing too. The bears, what had brought in 23 candidates, 13 <laughs> GMs, 10 head coaches, like this process is taking too long. When are we going to finally, you know, nail it down to three can or whatever it may be. It was just a long process, but now Joey, as we sit, just what 12 days later after Eberflus was hired, the bears have assembled, you know, the majority of their staff. I think right now, what they maybe need a running backs coach, uh, probably will add some more uh, assistance, but that's really it now. So the bears went from being, 
that team where all the fans were like, what are we doing to, all right, we, we do have a staff here. And now let's, we have to obviously wait until the regular season to see how it all comes to fruition. But for me, I think Bears fans initially, especially with the Matt Eberflus hire, and even you can see a little bit today, are just wondering how's this going to work out. And you're bringing up a really great point about that coaching staff, too. I try and remember, remind Bears fans, because I get a lot of comments all the time, and I try and remind them that, you know, there's other, there's 31 other teams in the league that deal with these issues. There's still two NFL teams right now without even a head coach, let alone a full coaching staff. You know, when we were talking about how bad our offensive line was heading into training camp last year, I try to be like, well, you know, there's probably 20 other teams that probably aren't, their fan bases aren't that big of a fan of their offensive line. You know, you kind of kind of have to work through it and try and make it work. Um, I want to ask you this because, you know, full disclosure, you know, when Matt Nagy was fired, I came up with my power rankings of head coaches that I wanted, right? And full disclosure, Matt Eberflus didn't make my top 12. So when he was hired, I wanted to kind of ask myself, you know, clearly, you know, what am I, you know, what are my blind spots maybe in this emotional, emotionally charged sports cycle that we now have? And is it fair to say that, like, we've kind of, as Bears fans, we did the window, we did the window shopping of, Ooh, Sean Payton, ice cream. Interesting. That would be pretty amazing. Oh, wow, a Harbaugh cheeseburger. Wow, that would be delicious to have. And is it fair to maybe say, when you're talking about us building from the offensive line and the defense, that could maybe set up Justin Fields for the most success quicker than maybe the flashiest you know, wide receiver one that you can get out there on the open market? And is it possible that Ryan Poles and, and Matt Eberflus are like the lean protein and broccoli that – we kind of need, you know what I mean? And maybe not that flashy, glitzy hire than I think a lot of Bears fans expected. I think that's a, a, a good way of looking at it because I think when you when you mention those two foundational things that you, you need to build a football team, you want to have that offensive line set. You want to also have guys that can get after the quarterback on the opposite side, right? And I think with Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles, we're going to get a good mixture of those two you know, very critical areas of the, the team kind of solidified or, or, you know, getting close to that. Look what the, the Kansas City Chiefs did after, you know, they got decimated in the Super Bowl against the, the Buccaneers. They went out, retooled that offensive line in essentially an offseason. Hey, they made it to the AFC Championship. Still, with obviously, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is going to help a lot of things, but they, they but he wasn't, but real quick, he wasn't on, he wasn't on one leg. You know what I mean? Like last year, exactly. he, was hop, he was getting beat up, he was getting battered, and he was not the Patrick Mahomes that he could possibly could be. Absolutely. And that was because, you know, they retooled and wanted to just solidify that offensive line. So we didn't have to do that um, this season. So that that is a good way of looking at it, Joe. And I think, too, when you look at like the Bears situation and, and all this, like, yes, there there are a lot of offensive minded head coaches that have been successful recently. You look in, the, in these playoffs, right? A lot of guys are offensive minded, even the conference championship games. Um, those guys are all offensive minded. And now, how does Matt Eberflus kind of fit into this situation being like the, the outlier here, the outlier, but like you said, someone that you might just need, because what I like about what Matt Eberflus is going to do, he's actually not going to call it defensive plays, which was, I think one of the bigger takeaways in that introductory press conference. And, you know, Alan Williams will be the play caller for the Bears defense, but that allows Eberflus to just be the overseer of everything. And that's what I think, Matt Nagy, you know, the Matt and Ryan 1.0, 2.0, Matt Nagy couldn't differentiate being trying to be the best play caller and trying to be the best head coach. And we saw later in the year that relieve the, the, the play calling duties. And even that didn't really help much in terms of the Bears offense. But with Matt Eberflus, 
he's putting himself in a position early on in his Bears career to be the best head coach he could possibly be in his first head coaching job. And I think that's big for somebody who's obviously going into this role for the first time alongside a first-year GM in Ryan Pulse. So I do like that about Matt Eberflus. And despite him being, you know, going against the grain, being a defensive-minded background, he's setting himself up to have success because I think, you know, you can put too much on your plate, right, initially at once. If he was going to call defensive plays, go to a new new, new, new place, have all these different players, and try to implement this culture, that's a lot for a lot, anybody. But now it's kind of like, yes, we're going to establish this culture. I'm going to be the best head coach possible. And then I'm going to try to obviously make everyone else's jobs easier by being the best head coach I could be. So I do like that from Matt Eberflus. And now we got to see how, you know, what, what kind of comes next, like right at what he was asked 48 hours after that introductory press conference, what were they going to be doing? It was like, hey, you had to get to the Senior Bowl. You had to get free eight. Free agency is going to be. What's, in. what's so, your first fifteen look like? Uh, what's your first fifteen look like? Week one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, this, all these things are are happening so quickly. But you know, even though Matty Rafus is just in his first year as obviously uh, the head coach, I think just how he's wired and what he's kind of given himself the responsibilities to do sets him up to have some success. And you highlighted something that I, I think was one of the most important parts of that press conference. And I know you guys are professionals in the press conference, but I think everyone, every Bears fan, when he says, I will not be calling the defensive players, my defensive coordinator will, Bears Nation just nodded internally. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for saying that and putting that out there. Just be the head coach. You don't have to be a defensive guru, offensive guru. We're interested in winning games and you running the entire ship, all three phases. Just to stick it on the offense, just real quick. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about Luke Getze, you know, just maybe what your perspective is. And more importantly, I think what Bears fans broadly are getting out of this is we're moving away from the Andy Reid style of offense, and we're kind of getting more closer to that Shanahan style, you know, the RPOs, the zone reads, that is a little bit more in vogue right now in the NFL. What's your perspective on that switch, and, and are you as excited about it as I think I am for Justin Fields? You know, I think it's that's what's going to bode well for Justin Fields and his current strengths as a football player right now. We saw in spurts throughout this 2021 season, like when Justin Fields would throw deep, those balls were in the right area and like receivers were there to catch them. And we saw mm -hmm. that, but just didn't see enough of it. When you see where Luke Getze comes from and Green Bay and what Aaron Rodgers is capable of doing. And, you know, Rodgers is obviously a very great quarterback, but I think you are going to see more elements of that. The one thing, so I did actually just write an article a couple of days ago about Luke Getze, the three questions, Questions I want to see him kind of answer in, in this first year as a play caller. And actually that's one of the, the questions, like how will he do as a first time play caller? He's had some experience in the preseason, but when he went for the one season at Mississippi state, it was still Joe Moorhead that, that called the plays there. He was the, he had the title offensive coordinator, but now we want to see kind of how he gets into a rhythm. When defenses adjust to him, how is he going to adjust back and counterattack these things? So it's like one of the questions I want to answer another one like you're going from Aaron Rodgers who has 14 years of NFL experience to Justin Fields who's go entering year two and there are some obviously skill set things that both can you know kind of do with having a strong arm and things like that but it's like how do you how can how do you handle that transition from someone who you know essentially knows what defense they're going to bring in him at every given play or is going to have a better I think just um maybe just a, a better library of content with Aaron Rodgers as opposed to just feels who still is learning. So 
We have to see how that plays out. And so much of that Green Bay offense was oriented around giving Devontae Adams targets. When you look at the targets in terms of (laughs) Devontae Adams in the second closest, it's Aaron Jones. It's like 440-something over the last three years to uh, Aaron Jones, who has 100 plus 150. It's not really close. There's no Devontae Adams here in Chicago. And Darnell Mooney had a great, you know, second season career highs, a thousand yard receiver. But now we just got to see how this, this offense with Luke Getze in Chicago, how will it kind of adjust to the personnel that the bears currently have? So I'm excited about the potential. There's just some questions that I want to see answered and, you know, offense in Chicago doesn't come easy. So Luke Getze is going to learn that pretty, I think pretty quickly that it's not just going to be a smooth transition from green Bay to Chicago, but, there's so there's a high ceiling and I'm curious to see how quickly Luke gets Justin Fields, his offense can mesh to potentially reach that ceiling sooner rather than later. You're bringing up such a wonderful wait and see that I honestly haven't thought about it before is obviously Aaron, Ro- uh, Aaron Rodgers is a hall of fame quarterback, right? And if you are a guy like Luke gets you do acquiesce, right? A certain amount of trust, and knowledge in terms of what the offense is. And can Luke Getze now move that line a little bit further to continue to push a guy like Justin Fields, to continue to coach him, to know when he needs to be coached a little bit harder, to know maybe when he needs to back off a little bit. And then conversely, in-game, how do you adjust in the second half? You know, a couple bad throws here, do you take the ball out of his hands and run the ball for five or six times? Or do you try and work in some play action a little bit? Man, that is a really interesting that's a really interesting wrinkle that I think we're going to have to look forward to. Luckily, back to our previous point, if we can fix this offensive line and we're given Justin Fields now to make a decision at what the 2.9, 3.5 area of pocket time and beyond instead of the 2.2 I think he was working off of this year, you know, maybe we can mitigate that and there's a happy medium there. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to be big, having any complimentary run game. And the Bears do have some running backs that can take – a little bit of the load off of Justin Fields' shoulders there with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, who, mm-hmm. you know, every time Khalil Herbert got the ball, it seemed like something good was happening offensively. Whether home it's run hitter, positive yards, our, our exactly. only home run hitter on the team for real, and he didn't he didn't get the carries. That's the thing. So finding that, um, I think that balance between those two guys in this this version of the offense that's going to be key for Justin Fields. But quickly going back to Luke Getzey, it's like he's going to do a lot more. I think just natural coaching that I think he's ever done his career. Yes. He had two stints with, with green Bay and still he entered or got with the green Bay Packers when Aaron Rodgers was already 30 years old. Still, that's a very uh, just experienced quarterback and someone obviously who's had a lot of success. So a lot of coaching is going to be done. And I just, I'm curious to see how Luke gets, kind of handles that. But if you can get that offensive line solidified and get that, you know, that running game going where you're getting efficient yards running backs not just doing it because of volume because you want to give Darren Montgomery 20 plus carries just to get him 20 plus carries can you get an efficient amount uh just efficient yards out of the carries that's being given that's going to be key and in that in those kind of smaller meetings there Joey where the media got to talk to Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus I, I asked um I asked Ryan Poles about Tevin Jenkins and the assessment that he had of him because the, the Chiefs were they were looking at offensive linemen that year and they had actually looked at Tevin Jenkins in that draft. And, I, and they I took asked Creed him, Humphrey, took Creed Humphrey, I think, fourth round. Was that right? Third, fourth round, something like that? Yeah, somewhere around yeah. their middle round. So they did that and obviously made the trade um, to get Brown. Um, but mm-hmm. I asked him, do you still see Tevin Jenkins as a left tackle? 
I don't have the exact quote in front of me that he, that he said in front of us, but it sounds like Joey at this point they're they're looking that they can they're they're open to kind of maybe we move him to inside a guard, maybe we move him to the other side, but they're still going to obviously talk to Matt Eberflus, the coaching staff, now Chris Morgan, the new Bears offensive line coaches, see what's best for Tevin Jenkins. But I thought that was an interesting quote that Ryan Poles kind of put put out there that, hey, maybe Tevin Jenkins, maybe he's not the left tackle. If there's a movement side, I wonder how Bears fans would react to that, especially with, you know, the last regime moving up to go get Jenkins. But it, it, obviously I think it's still really early on, but I thought that was interesting. And that could play into what the Bears do this offseason, whether it's in free agency or the draft, depending on where they see Tevin Jenkins ultimately. And keep in mind, Bears fans, this is what's kind of – this is what's positive right now about this change at Hallis Hall is these are fresh eyes looking at an entire roster. There isn't that necessarily, you know, I'm tied to this one guy because I drafted him and my reputation is now staked to Adam Shaheen in a second round. You know what I mean? There's not really that mentality. So everything's on the table. And honestly, that kind of also includes Justin Fields as well. You brought up a beautiful transition, so we're going to move right over. Let's do free agency first and then the draft. Uh, in your opinion, kind of combo question here, you know, do you think the Bears are going to be uh, aggressive? extremely quiet or try and be prudent with their acquisitions. And if you had one area from free agency that you'd like to see them target, what area would that be? So Ryan Poles said in his introductory press conference, we're going to be selective in free agency and we're going to connect evaluation with valuation. So that, and Nicholas, that, that's Jed that, Hoyer. That's Jed Hoyer talk. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, again, that can mean absolutely nothing from Ryan Poles. They might go get the biggest free agent there, but if I'm looking potentially at what they could do, I look at the two positions that are going to be in need right now. And you look at wide receiver and you, you look at somewhere along the offensive line, let's say, and I, I put it out on Twitter maybe a couple of weeks ago, like Ryan Jensen from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at center, mm-hmm. Sam Musford did not have the best season and being a guy that was undrafted and worked his way up into the starting role and, you know, held it down his first year. And then we see year two as he's there, not, not the best, right. But if you can get a, a guy like that that sets the tone, maybe, who knows? Uh, but there's also wide receivers that are coming off of injuries. If you're looking like at a Chris, again, with sticking with the Bucks, like a, a Chris Godwin, for for example, Michael Gallup, that that would make sense to me if you're looking to up looking to upgrade wide receiver. And most likely it's looking like Allen Robinson's not going to be with the Bears in 2022. That's just the reality of the situation. So it would maybe offensive line wide receiver. If you want to go cornerback, actually um, Darius Williams from the Rams is going to be a free agent. If you wanted to just scout somebody opposite of Jalen Ramsey, if you're looking at him, who knows, but those would be like maybe some positions that I think would make sense. If the bears are going to go the free agency route. I definitely think the offensive line, I love that Ryan Jensen idea because we we've seen flashes from it from Tevin Jenkins, but still a developing player. And uh, part of my language, but we need an asshole or two on the offensive line, right? And Ryan Jensen kind of provides that for a young quarterback who is going to be out of the pocket moving around a little bit. You are going to need some bodyguards out there to be able to protect them as best as you possibly can. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I, I was looking at it a little bit. There's a lot of um, secondaries of Bears past that could be out and available. Like, will Kyle Fuller get cut? I saw Bryce Callahan's going to be available in the offseason. Adrian Amos, could you maybe dip back in those waters? I know a different regime. Um, and obviously they're probably going to go out and find a linebacker to possibly fit the 4-3 scheme maybe a little bit more. 
I want to throw this at you, uh, free agency wide receiver wise, because I think you're on to something too as well. What do you think of a player like Christian Kirk, someone that might not break the bank, someone with some speed but a little bit more size, and then you go out and you draft someone? Because I understand the mentality that you want to get some weapons for Justin Fields. I just feel like if you get some depth in a complimentary receiving room and handle everything up front, especially with our running backs, maybe you don't need to spend a ton of money or take a ton of risk on a wide receiver in free agency. You know, that can definitely be an option as well. And you look at who the Bears actually have signed for next year. It's Darnell Mooney at the wide receiver position, right? And that's so it. <laughs> all those guys, that's it. It's a very short list. And so they're going to just need, honestly, people to throw to. And if you're looking at maybe getting a, a Christian Kirk and then drafting somebody, then you're, you're starting to actually build up and put people to the position that just feels is clearly going to need. And, and, and what's going to be big too, is like whoever you bring in, obviously this is going to be their first year with fields developing that chemistry because it, there's just not, the guys are not signed under contract right now. Jakeem grants a guy that obviously has mm. a special teams role, but did do some things for, for the offense at, just at the wide receiver position, I wonder if they maybe think about bringing him back if the if the money works out. But that could easily be an option because at this point they just don't have wide receivers, so you have to keep all options. I don't want to say put everything on the table because that might bring Bears fans back to the last regime, but they literally <laughs> need to do that in terms of how you look at the wide receiver position. Yeah, and I think also it's fair to probably start bringing Bears fans around to the concept of. Prepare maybe – I hope that we do something on the offensive line, but maybe prepare not to be wowed, right, because we do have some cap issues with a new regime like General Manager Ryan Poles. If he does kind of hold the fort for a year and all that money that Pace has been kicking onto further caps year after year after year, if you can finally start to clean that up a little bit, maybe next year is the year – not you know next year, but the year after that is the year when you really have some flexibility – and that's when you really start maybe trying to acquire blue chip players. And maybe this is the year to try and acquire those through the draft. That's that. That's a good point there. Um, and so with this draft too, I mean, we're going to see what, I think what Ryan Poles kind of emphasized they wanted to get in the draft are guys that are smart, physical, and there was a third adjective that he put out there. Probably what every single you know team looks for, but guys that that fit the scheme. So that's what I think is key too. Obviously, with the Bears moving to now at four three, you're looking again. Maybe that three tech is, is somebody that you might need mm -hmm. along this defense. And Bilal Nichols maybe could play a bit of that, but I think you still want to find a guy that's more of a natural fit there. Akeem Hicks being a free agent this year, he's most likely a guy that doesn't return, but and he'd be he'd be a good guy to have there at that position yeah if you had your choice right now um alan robinson or akeem hicks bring him back you know what which would probably be your selection your prefer your preference i think i would have to go alan robinson only because if he's going to be the one that has showed he's the one that showed in his career that he's been more available obviously alan robinson missed an entire year with the acl injury but akeem hicks is he just hasn't been healthy which is which is so unfortunate because he could still play he really can. He's still a dominant force in the interior. He can still get after quarterbacks, stop the run, but he just hasn't showed that he could stay healthy. And, you know, I was in that press conference where he did get pretty emotional just about his time possibly Basically ending said in goodbye, Chicago. right? Yeah, he said goodbye. Essentially. More yeah. Yeah. And, and he, he, but at in some point in that conference, he did say, I still have football left in me. And I, I know he does. It's just, can the body just keep up with what he wants to do with it? Right. And, as of right now, I would go Allen Robinson because I think the year that Allen Robinson had, 
2021. That's not who Allen Robinson is. We saw what he's what he's capable of doing, regardless of who the quarterback is in, in 2018. You have 2019 as well, being being a dominant player for the Bears, being the Bears offense at some points, right? So that what we saw from Allen Robinson in, in 2021 isn't indicative of who he's going to be, you know, even in 2022 or where if he does go on to a new team. So if I had to choose between the two, I would go Allen Robinson. Obviously, that would uh, cost more, but I just I would think you're getting more. I don't want to say a sure thing, but someone that's more consistent and one staying on the field and producing. Quick uh, follow up on a Rob, real quick. You know they tagged him for I believe seventeen point five. He wanted twenty. So in your opinion, right now, what do you think the open market looks like for Allen Robinson? I mean, can he get a fifteen million? I mean, was last year so detrimental to his value? with the market coming up that you think he can still get to that 17 number, or is he probably maybe looking at it like a prove it uh, maybe at 12 to 15, like a Kenny Galladay, well, Kenny Galladay signed for multi, but maybe on a one year, where do you see that with him right now? Yeah. It's so interesting because I think what at the time there was almost like that Keenan Allen comparison, right. In terms of money and, Mm -hmm. and production and how he kind of saw himself and where he, what he valued, um, you know, his play for, but, for Allen Robinson, I mean, at this point in your career, like, what do you, what do you try? I, obviously, every player wants to win a Super Bowl, but do you try to go do that on a one-year deal? Or is some team going to look at 2021s like, we know that the offense was dysfunctional with, with all the different quarterbacks and the offensive coordinator, the play calling, all of that. We still know that you can go out there and be a very productive wide receiver. But yeah, as of right now, it. I'm pretty uncertain of what Allen Robinson could get on the market and whether that's going to be a, you know, a long-term deal or really just one of those one year prove it. If I had to, you know, say something right now, I think it is going to be the one year deal. Maybe, maybe obviously not with the bears, but I think that's where it'll end up going. But I think there are going to be some teams that look at 2021 and are really not too concerned with how they actually view Allen Robinson. I think I'm kind of with you on that one too. One year, one year, prove it on a winner or at least an offense that he knows that he can, you know, probably produce or see the ball with because yeah, what's door number two, door number two is the Texans pay him top dollar on a multi and he just yeah. rolls the dice and hopes that he gets this, you know, hopes that something works out there. Or would you maybe go the middle of the road, which would be coming back to the bears of maybe not getting top dollar, but you get multi your security in a place that you know and maybe a thing that's on the rise. I don't know. It's something that we'll have to kind of keep an eye on moving forward. Uh, just a couple more things for you, Nicholas Moriano, here on Believe in Bears. Uh, my next one is just with the draft right now. Um, are you leaning more towards best player available right now? Is there a position that you that you were kind of looking at a little bit? And, um, you know, have you gotten deep into the draft process yet? I haven't really dug too deep in the guy, so I don't have, like, my favorite guy yet, even though George Pickens is climbing up the list uh, rapidly <laughs> right now. Uh, is there a position or a player that maybe you'd like to see the Bears try and get? You know, I will, I'll kind of stick with what I what I saw at the Senior Bowl for the two days I was down there, just kind of looking at some of the defensive linemen and looking to fill that three technique, um, maybe some guys to keep an eye out for that would fit that, that mold that the Bears would be looking for. And, you know, they do have... Um, some picks in you know second third obviously not having that that first round draft pick but Perion Winfrey from Oklahoma was a guy that looked to be completely honest had no idea uh, going into senior bowl week but when he was flashing on the one day that it was raining Joey where it just kept on pouring down there you saw Perion Winfrey consistently make plays he had 
a tackle for loss. He followed that up with a quarterback pressure and then forced a fumble and recovered it. Like, all right. And in my soak, like wet phone, I'm going to write down Perrion Winfrey as a guy that could potentially, you know, be there for the bears. Uh, Neil Farrell too, as well. LSU uh, defensive tackle. Another guy that, you know, obviously playing on a, a good football team, but can also maybe fit that role for the bears if they want to go the wide receiver route, again, just kind of stick it with senior bowl guys, because like you, I haven't gotten deep into draft stuff. And that's what this week, next week until yeah, obviously uh, the, the combine gets here. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Um, Christian Watson from North Dakota state. Hmm. He was a guy that on the first day of practice, I, you know, just kind of pointed out, like he's going to, he looks like a football player and that's the most generic phrase ever, but and also it's like, I know he can play. And I, I had seen some cut ups, some, some highlights of him and had some notes on him. But when he's the first one in the wide receiver drill lines, going first, repping all the drills. And then he only has the, he has the one leg sleeve on. He just looked the part. And of course this throughout the entire week of practice, he played like it too. And he was also at the opportunities that he got in the game uh, in the senior bowl. He, he made the most of them. So Christian Watson, six, four, two twenty. Uh, we'll see what he runs in the 40, but that's a guy that right now the Bears just don't have people at the wide receiver position, and he could definitely fit that mold for somebody that could be a productive playmaker for Justin Fields if the Bears decide to go that route. I, I think I call that the football player. I think I call that the Thomas Jones factor. Uh, you're just like, uh, that dude, that, that dude. <laughs> he can okay, play. Uh, that dude. So, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty much a best available guy myself outside of probably punter, kicker, long snapper, running back in the second round because you're bringing up – I think you're bringing up some really intriguing names right here where I think a lot of Bears fans are going to look at wide receiver and maybe even cornerback. But I was saying this during the season, and I thought this was one of the biggest reasons why Nagy was also on the way out was whether we like it or not – our defense is heading towards a transition, too, as well. I get it. We have Roquan and Jalen. But, you know, Khalil Mack's going to be on a prove-it you know, prove new deal contract year next year. Robert Quinn's not getting any younger. We already brought up Akeem Hicks. There's going to be turnover in the next couple of years in this rookie window that we have with Justin Fields. So I know we like to focus a lot on who the wide receivers are going to be, rebuilding the offensive line. That defensive line transition is also coming for Chicago too as well. So if they can pick up someone that becomes a blue a blue chip anywhere, I think in the second round probably gives the Bears the best shot. And wh- whatever that is, I- I'm going to try and wrap my arms around it, dig in and try and-, and see if we can embrace it. And hopefully he's a productive player. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be key with this. When you don't have that first round draft pick, you, ha- you-, you it's absolutely necessary to hit on the limited amount of draft capital that the that the Bears have. We'll see what they end up actually doing. If they, they select in the second round, will they move down? It's going to be interesting how their board falls and how they assess the players that are currently there when they're about to pick. Well, do we just recoup and try to try to get some draft capital for this season to try to get maybe those blue chip players in the later rounds? It's definitely more difficult, but even, you know, for, for all the slack we give Ryan Pace, he did have, I don't know, a knack for doing that at times. You look at Darnell Mooney, you look at the three cones of the world and guys like that, where it's like, okay, you're able to find these, the, these needles in a haystack kind of thing. And I don't, I don't know if you want to base everything, your whole entire draft and trying to find those players here with Ryan Poles and, and Matt Eberflus in your first time with the bears, but you do need to hit on some of those types of pick those, those draft picks just to build up this back end of the roster to make it all around more competitive. 
Yeah, Ryan Pace, really good at, if he was a cook, really good at the sides, the side dishes. Here we go. But then he couldn't get the uh, the centerpiece right. He'd overcook the steak or he'd get the shakeen cut or something along those lines and never worked <laughs> out. Uh, before we get you out of here, uh, Super Bowl, just really quick. Um, how does Nicholas Moriano like his Super Bowl? Is it, is it food-based? Are you, are you jazzed for the commercials, jazzed for the halftime show? Um, or are you just strictly game only? How are you going to rock your Sunday this week? Yeah, so definitely a lot of food will be um, be here at the house, um, bringing uh, having some family over, just friends and family, and yeah, I'm I'm big into seeing what the commercials are like. I know there's been some years better than others. Halftime, I'll definitely watch uh, watch the entire just spectacle that really the Super Bowl is. So yeah, just a good time, and you know, I would love for one day Joey just to be working and like actually, hey, the Bears are playing in this game. Like you know, that would be amazing. There was this video that went viral um, about the Cincinnati Bengals and them getting in. And there was a compilation of all the, you know, the fans celebrating. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I got emotional just looking at like, man, uh, 2006 is a long time ago, right? It was a long, long time ago. Kings of Leon was on top of the world. American Idol was still fresh. Guitar Hero was the thing to do on a Thursday night. I mean, we are dating ourselves here. That's how long ago it was. Yeah, so it just seeing that, you know, I would love for the Bears to finally be in that position. And look at look what the Bengals did. They went from having, what, the first overall pick, and two years later, they're in the Super Bowl. And I think one thing, maybe, maybe this applies to what the Bears might do. There was an opportunity for the Bengals. They go Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell, right? I think that was like the obvious two guys. They addressed the offensive line, which – as we saw in the Tennessee game, still needs work. Yeah. Or go get that pass catcher. Go get that. Obviously, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow had that connection at LSU, but go get him a playmaker, another playmaker to add to that explosive offense and see what you can do with it. How the Bears will assess this, obviously, we're talking a lot about the offensive line, but, man, if, if they feel like there's that right playmaker for Justin Fields, that could factor into what they how they kind of view this thing, right? But I think the Bengals are – Maybe just uh, it won't happen for other teams, but they they at least have showed that if you do it right, you get the right playmakers, you can turn this around quickly and play in the Super Bowl the very next year after having the number one overall pick. And for Bears fans that are looking like, when are we ever going to get there? Who knows? I'm not saying next year is it, Joey, but man, they, at least the Bengals have showed that it is possible. Yeah, well, let's get on the right path. And I definitely I, I echo what you're saying, too, as well, if if you want the Chicago Bears to turn into the Cincinnati Bengals overnight. I also want people to keep in mind, too, that there are going to be bumps in the road. I talk all the time with Justin Fields that it's not a linear path. Go back to training camp this year. People were saying, what's up with Jamar Chase and his drops? What's going on there? Having a bad camp. Watch out. Week two, what happens? The Chicago Bears beat the Super Bowl Bengals soundly in Soldier Field with Justin Fields under center. So, I mean, I'm just trying to say that there are going to be these bumps in the road, even for this Bengals team that made it all the way to the Super Bowl. And when you got young players like a Justin Fields, like a Darnell Mooney, it's not going to be the smoothest ride, right? I mean, we have to sort of kind of take these things, make incremental progress, and slowly build towards something that can be hopefully something as exciting as what the Bengals are enjoying right now. That's that's a perfect way to look at it. Um, I, I like to say, look, it's the offseason. For Bears fans who I know can be – you know how Bears fans can be, Joey. Just everything you can criticize it, and you you go on Twitter. Get rid for the of them. Thing. Get rid of them, exactly. Nicholas. Trade exactly. Exactly. But hey, 
it's the off season. Have a half glass full approach to some of these things. And yes. once it gets to the season, show show your true colors, I guess. <laughs> but um, at least for now, they're not. They haven't lost any games in the 2022 season. One because they hadn't started. But when it does, hey, uh, for the moves that are going to happen, for the free agents they're going to sign, the draft picks they're going to um, acquire. Look at it with a half glass full approach, and then we'll see what kind of happens after that. Uh, it's late Tuesday afternoon. Bengals versus Rams Super Bowl. Who you got winning? Man, uh, so I, I I think I want the Bengals to win this one. And, I, you know, my girlfriend has a crush on Joe Burrow, so I don't even know why I'm, I'm still going for them. But I am. Um, so I ultimately think, though, that the Rams just – they're stacked. Like, they literally, they bought their team, and it worked because they're in the Super Bowl, and this is going to be the best shot they're going to have to actually win it. And, you know, Stafford – for the most part, these playoffs hasn't had those mistakes that we've been so prone to seeing over the years, Bears, Lions, right? So if he can play how he's been playing in these playoffs and avoid that costly turnover, that fun, whatever it may be, the Rams should end up winning. But I am rooting for, you know, just the Bengals and their story and how they, again, turned it around so quickly. Damn it. For the sake of entertainment, I wanted to go back against you here, but I'm right there with you. I mean, the Rams have everything in place, and they have the defensive line going up against a Bengals offensive line that still hasn't figured it out yet. It's all going the Rams' way right now. But in my heart, and look, man, my wife's a Steelers fan, and she's even like, I wouldn't mind to see the Bengals. Just a cool story, right? Joe Burrow's super easy to root for. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see in terms of Stafford, to your point. I was looking at some stuff today. I think it's going to be really intriguing to see does Tyler Higby suit up in this game? And if he doesn't, can Kendall Blanton step up the way that he did against those 49ers? Because we know from our NFC North days, Stafford does like targeting the tight end. And the Bengals are actually had some really hard times. Uh, you know, they gave up eight touchdowns to the tight end position this year. Darren Waller was able to thrash them pretty good. That's an area of their defense that Stafford can kind of maybe control the ball, control the turnovers, right? And then work your spots with Cup and Beckham. And, you know, that could also be an X factor, too, as well. But I'm with you, man. If the Bengals win, cool story, right? Absolutely. I think it's going to be an entertaining Super Bowl. I think that's what everyone's hoping for. You're not seeing the Chiefs in it again. And, again, you know, when they play, it's it's, it's usually a good time as well. But seeing really just Stafford and seeing the, the ascension he's had, being in the playoffs and getting to the Super Bowl and Joe Burrow just doing it so young, those are there's great storylines in itself, and I think it should be a really good Super Bowl. Yeah, give me some food, Top Gun 2 trailer, uh, maybe a Jurassic World trailer, Dre yeah. at halftime, and an exciting game. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty great Sunday. Uh, Nicholas Moriano, thank you so much for joining the pod, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. I had a great time talking to you. Before we let you go, just throw out your socials for all the people listening to this pod to follow you because you are a must-follow, especially heading into free agency, the draft, all that good stuff. I really appreciate that, Joey. Um, you can follow me at Nicholas Moriano, and you can follow the Chicago Audible at Chicago Audible. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, just anywhere where you listen to podcasts, the Chicago Audible podcast will be there. But yeah, like like Joey was just saying, there's obviously going to be a lot that's going to be happening over the next few weeks after the Super Bowl. So make sure you're following all of us here at the Chicago Audible to stay just up to date with all the Bears content. Thank you so much for joining the show, man. Hope you can come back and do it again sometime. It was really great. For sure. Thank you for having me. 
Today's episode of Believe in Bears was presented by BetOnline.ag. Make sure you head on to the website because you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Believe BLEAV. Only a couple days left to go before the Super Bowl, so make sure you go to BetOnline.ag. And also Masterworks as well. Great offers going through right now with Believe Podcast Networks, and make sure you check them out. Thank you so much for checking out this pod. We will be back next week, but until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And remember, bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.